Welcome to podcast 221 of Five Star Potential, your weekly football manager podcast. I'm Matt, and on this week's pod, I'm joined by Dave, Joe, Dupe, and our very special guest, Edit Stapley from Sports Interactive. Welcome, gentlemen. Hello. Hello. Special guest. Oh. TJ very didn't get that last guest. week. He didn't get that, that treatment last week. I think he did. <laughs> okay. I'm quite sure he I did. I didn't listen to it. special. Differently. <laughs> <laughs> right, we are saving the save updates until next week as we're diving straight into our interview with Elliot. So much like last week with CJ, we'll ease you in gently, Elliot. Uh, can you tell the guests who you are and what you do at Sports Interactive? Yeah, so I'm Elliot. I've been at Sports Interactive for uh, just over two years now, nearly two and a half. Um, and I'm a software engineer, I work on the match team. I used to work on the gameplay team and I've moved internally in the last year and a half or so. Um, and yeah, my main responsibilities are working with match stats, a um, little bit on the match AI side, and then kind of the front end stat stuff with the data hub, bits and pieces like that, basically. Lovely. So one of the biggest new features for FM22 is the data hub. Can you <clears> tell <throat> us like the journey of its conception through to it coming into the game? Yeah, so obviously with the XG last year, we did start on this. Um, and our intention at one point was to do most of what you see in the data of this year and last year. Um, but I think we, we vastly overestimated the amount of work that we could manage in a year. So we ended up last year, I think we ended up mainly redoing the team report section. There was like a, a database team report section and then like a one inbox item. But the main focus last year was getting XG in the game because we knew that we had to at least be somewhat close to, to realities like analytics kind of available stats to start off with. Um, and we started on that because we just said like, it's on the athletic, it's on match of the day. We can't keep not putting these kind of stats and we just need to keep, keep on top basically. We need to be representing what it looks like everywhere. Um, and then yeah, me and a, a couple of the other guys have been very keen on the stat stuff. Like I have a little bit of a background in it. My, uh, some of my work at university was done with some football analytics. And then I came into SI from that angle. So something we've been keen about and design started on it two years ago, um, built it up into something that we were quite happy with. And then gone through with it this year with the new kind of feature pod process we've been working on. So a team of like four or five, uh, three developers or so have been working on it all year. And I've ended up here. I take it the the background in football analytics has massively helped with with this sort of over the past two years then? I think so, yeah. Um, and to be honest, a lot of it is just maintaining an interest in it because it's quite easy. I, I think in a lot of games, if you're going to work on like game design, it's a lot more like a, a creative kind of thing to be doing. Not that it isn't here, but you're reflecting reality most of the time. So like, we can take inspiration from real things. Like if we see something on Twitter that looks cool, then we can be like, oh, okay, well, how can we work that in? Um, like if there's a, a particular interesting graphic or a particular interesting visual, it might spark something and we can work from that. So having that background and having that like interest in stats obviously makes it a lot more of like a, a fun and yeah, process I'm aware of basically. So with the data hub now having a prominent place on the sidebar, it's clearly here for the long haul. Could you give long-term players or even new players of the game a reason to spend time in the data hub? The main th reason why we wanted to do it, to be honest, was so that people had a way of working out why certain aspects of their team weren't performing correctly without having to watch matches in comprehensive or watch matches in full. Um, just by nature of highlights, you only see certain aspects of a match. Um, you might think that you're awful at crossing because you never see any goals from crosses. Well, it might well be that the team's putting in loads and loads of accurate crosses throughout a match and it just happens that the shots aren't being turned into, into goals, in which case it's a finishing problem rather than a crossing problem. Um, so being able to diagnose that without sitting and watching matches in much the same way you have to do in real football now, like when people use data scouting, it's because they can't watch thousands and thousands of footballers to make evaluations of they have to do with data. Um, so we wanted to make it basically just ways for users to be able to get more information about the team. Because I always felt when I was playing football manager, not that it was entirely 
random on my decision making, but like maybe I'd make a tactical change and then it works one week and then it doesn't the next. And it's like, well, what's different this week and what's different last week? Obviously, football has a lot of random aspects to it, but not being able to evaluate things that you feel like you should be able to um, was a big inspiration for us getting the data hub in there. And it means that both new and old users, people who love, love, love stats and have always done analytics in football manager and people who have no interest at all are going to get some amount of useful information and some amount of like engagement out of it, basically. I was going to say, uh, I think I would say, and I'm sure the others would agree, I'm quite a casual FM player. I'm almost someone that likes to get through my games quite quickly. I probably don't spend as much time as I should on the background sort of things like looking at the data hub and, and, and so on. And although I think I can understand stats, you know, if I looked at them and, and so on, sometimes, especially for new players or people, you know, a lot of people from abroad in America sort of coming into football, using Football Manager, might look at some of it and go, what on earth is this? What do you think is the best way to, I know you sort of touched on it a little bit, what's the best way or what would you recommend their best way is for someone to almost just ease themselves slowly into the data hub or what graphs should they be looking at just to give them a quick overview on things they should be looking out for? I'd say working with what comes in your inbox, to be honest. Um, we kind of planned because we knew a lot of people aren't that into stats. Um, there's obviously a big yeah. crossover in Football Manager where people who love FM and people who love football stats. There's a lot of, there's a lot of crossover there, we think. Um, but as you say, there's a lot of casual users and you need to be able to get something out of it for the features to be worth it. Um, so the, the key findings that pop up in your inbox, I feel, are probably the, the lowest level entry kind of stuff where mm. it literally gives you information where it's like we were better in the second half or we had more quality shots than them or we had worse quality shots than them. Um, those ones that are a little bit more interpreted for you by your uh, in-game analysts. But even, I think... Um, some of the most intuitive ones are the polygons that come through. You guys might disagree yeah. on this, but where it's like something as basic as if it's on the outside, it's good relative to an average. If it's on the inside, then it's poor relative to an average. And you can see immediately like, okay, well, my shooting numbers are very high and my heading numbers are very low. Okay, maybe I can work on that rather than having to dig through individual graphs. Um, those kind of overarching ones and the content that gets presented to you, I find, is usually the, the easiest route in. Can I ask a quick question? You mentioned about analysts then um, and presenting data. Um, these, the data hub and all the stuff you get in the data hub, obviously the better your analysts are, the quicker you get them or the better the data is or the better they present them? Or is it just a case of you get what you're given? So this was a, a point of discussion for us from a design perspective. Because um, what we didn't want was something that takes three games to pop into your data hub arrives, you drop in your data hub and then your first engagement with it, you go over to your ASFOR system and you're like, okay, well, I want you to show me about this. And you click on it and then you have to wait a week in game for something to show up. Didn't feel like a satisfying kind of gameplay loop for us. Um, we didn't feel that as much as it might be perhaps a little bit more accurate to have this like delay time where you request something if you've got a better analyst or more analysts, then it comes to you. We thought it would lead to people disconnecting quite quickly from it. Because if you go in and you say, like, oh, I want X, Y, Z, and then a week later it shows up and it's like, well, I wanted to see it last week. I don't care anymore. Like, I was playing yeah. Burnley last week. I wanted to know about crossing then. I don't care now because I'm playing against Man City. Um, the main way that your data analysts affect what you see is in the individual. So, for instance, on a scatter graph, if you have um, a poor analyst team, you'll see different variables relative to if you have good analyst so if you have a good analyst and you're on a shooting graphic you might see something like xg per shot so that would be average chance quality against like shots per 90 um if you had a poor analyst it might be something more basic where like total xg or total goals um so basically just like levels of granularity with oh, the yeah. actual variables you see um but we didn't want to build in time delays and we didn't want to build in errors we thought that would be really confusing for users if you had crap analysts and the numbers came and were wrong, especially when, especially when in real life, like the numbers aren't going to be wrong. You're downloading them off a data set. That's how it works. Like if you're an analyst at a club, you pay Scout or you pay, I don't know, Statsbomb and you get the information sent to you in a big CSV file and you maybe manipulate the numbers, but the numbers aren't going to be wrong if you've got your job. Um, so making sure that people could use it 
and that even at the worst level you could get something out of it was a big thing for us oh man awesome were there any sort of clubs that you modeled what data sets and, and graphs you decided to include or is it just a a general overview after sort of looking at things like Y Scout and Statsball and seeing what data they provide. I mean, I've seen like your presence on Twitter. You love stats yourself. So did did that have a heavily influence in what things you included? I would say that um, by nature of football, the clubs being quite secretive about what they do, um, there's only so much that we can reflect what they actually do. Um, and we're more likely to be representing what people think football clubs do. So what you see on Twitter where it's like, people doing scat graphs and analytics and um, much more kind of overarching or looking at shot maps for a particular player or something like that. That representation of what the football analytics community do is much closer to what we've done in game because that's what we see. Um, I think we probably also in general overestimate the amount of analytics and data work that most football clubs do. Um, there are some very big football clubs in England that have huge and very good data teams. Um, and there's some big ones in Germany and some big ones in Spain. But I don't think even perhaps an average Premier League team put a huge amount of resources into data. Um, I'm sure they all have data teams, but I think the, uh, the amount of focus that we've put on it is probably more reflective of what people think goes on rather than what actually goes on. So I was, I was thinking along the lines of the likes of um, like Brentford or Midtjylland, the because obviously they they have a very particular model and they use it to like entirely for their sort of the their recruitment model is entirely based on data. Mm, so. so I didn't know if there was there was a slightly heavier leaning towards those, even if you don't get uh, precise information of exactly how they evaluate players and performances. Yeah, I would say you're probably right on that. Um, and also because those are the clubs who publicly talk about the work that they do. Um, they work with StatsBomb. They have like similar ownership groups and that sort of thing. Um, you hear about what they've been up to. Maybe stuff like, I don't know, it's not entirely related, but stuff like Thomas Gronemark with like the, the throw-ins where these kind of clubs like Brentford and where they're more public about the outside of normal football work they do is stuff that we will take inspiration from because they're more likely to be open about it. Um, though we do do regular, I don't know if it's been mentioned before, but we do regular foot talks that Miles sometimes talks about yeah. on Twitter where we get like managers yeah, yeah. in. Um, and the last couple of years, we've been asking them specific questions about like, potentially their views on data, how they'll go about using it. Um, Usually from a manager's perspective, the information you get back off them is, well, I'll do whatever my analysts are giving to me that sounds useful, rather than them being the ones who are going and engaging with data, as you'd expect. Um, so it's more, for us, it was more about trying to replicate what people do in the background and then provide to the manager and then they can work with, rather than it being just basically a bloody time to be able to work with data. As much fun as I think that would be for a lot of people. Is there going to be any um, scope for us to have year-on-year -year, um, data so we can we can compare and contrast across the years that we've been managing at a club and how we've changed the style, for example? If in the club vision they want us to be more attacking, we can see that we've been having more shots per, shots per 90, et cetera, et cetera. Because uh, obviously it's very, it's very limited that we can... It's only five games, isn't it, at the moment? So the chalkboard data only exists for five games, the uh, event-based data, um, where you can go back and like watch the highlights from the matches. The data hub data, for instance, in the scatter graphs uh, and the polygons, seasonal, as you've said, like it's driven by the... Um, previously, we had the competition stats page. Well, we still do have the competition stats page where you can go in the teams and see all that mm -hmm. information. It's basically populated by similar um, back-end information. Retaining that year on year is more difficult because of data constraints. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. So competition stats, uh, it's quite a hefty piece of data for us in game. We would like from a, from a design perspective, we definitely like to be able to do year on year stuff, particularly when it comes to recruitment. Um, so say for instance, you get to the end of the season and it ticks over 
transfer market opens, the last season's finished, this new league season's updated, that data isn't necessarily available anymore. Um, and that would be valuable from a, from a game design perspective for us to be able to say like, oh, okay, well, you can go check the last three years of this player, see mm-hmm. how he's been doing. Um, but it may come down to the, the practicality of being told that we can't use that much memory. Um, because we're quite careful about targeting the systems that people can play the game on. Because a lot of people yeah. like to play the game on perhaps older or like lower RAM machines. I've just thought of a little feature request there. Could couldn't you have a button like on your end of season review so you could export the data yourself if you wanted it? I think I that's something. Because <clears throat> you can you can print out. yeah you can print you can print obviously data anyway obviously during the game so whether it obviously because you don't want to be saving that in the game making the game obviously resource heavy if you could extract it yourself there's a lot of people obviously especially on twitter and in the blogging scene that they they love their statistical analysis so i'm just wondering if there could be just like a little download button where you could just export that data and then as the season rolls over to the next one obviously it's gone and then you've just got the fresh data but if you wanted it you can export it and as you say you you get your you know your data with csv files if you, you know, because there's a lot of nerds out there that play football manager, uh, <laughs> and it's it's one of those things that maybe that's that's a way around it. Yeah, I think that'd be interesting. To be honest, um, it'd probably be valuable from for us as well, from like a, a testing perspective, because we do stuff like soak league seasons, obviously, and see how how a league plays out as we make changes to match engine, um, and being able to have access to all of that data and then be able to manipulate it how we want to be able to double check stuff will probably be quite useful. Um, so yeah, decent feature request in there, I think. Yeah, definitely. Last, last year or year before I tried to do the, the whole money ball thing. And, uh, that it, the, the issue with having the rolling fresh year really did make it very difficult. So yeah, Joe, I'm with you on that, mate. I'll tell you what, I've halfway through typing it up now on, on, on the forum, <laughs> yeah, mate. You don't bother. You don't bother, mate. Afterwards. Yeah. All right. Cheers. Yeah, yeah. Can you proofread it for me, Dad? <laughs> I put the crayons away. Don't panic. Yeah, I'm with you definitely. I think that'd be that'd be really quite cool to be able to do that. And I do feel like, um, as much as the data hub feature set this year is mainly about you'd call it performance analytics. It's uh, it's basically evaluating how your teams perform and how other teams performing. A lot of the value of using data, in particular, performance manager would be from a recruitment perspective. So being able to give more of a focus on that is definitely something we'd like to. Do. I think that would be really quite cool. One of my favourite features, actually, is it's not really a feature. It's more combining parts of the like the analysis you can do. So the, the like the example that I've used in the past is uh, you look at how you defend and your strengths in defending, um, and then like you like for example your your aerial prowess. Um, so in my lead save, it says that we're poor at heading. But then you look, you then if you break it down like per sort of player group, defensively we're fantastic in the air, but up front we're awful. So that if you look at take the team report at face value, it looks crap. But if you actually break it down and actually compare positions and the, the areas where you kind of maybe want to be sort of good in the air and you can get away with not being so great up front, uh, it means that it make, makes that data a bit more meaningful and a bit more powerful um, so that you, at least you can make the right decisions depending on how you fancy playing or uh, you're able to sort of dilute uh, or uh, get more granular using your, your word in terms of the analysis that you're performing. But what is what would you say is your favourite graph or visualisation in the data hub? Um, I'd say I'm quite happy with the momentum stuff we did this year um as much as it's you see it a lot in other kind of statsy websites like sofa score do one um even the premier league do one now there's like an official premier league threat graph um, that they post at the end of matches um i feel like that is one in particular that kind of boils down what i was talking about earlier about the whole concept of making it where you can evaluate a match without having to watch a match in full. Um, because highlights can be misleading. Just watching only the goals replays can be misleading. So being able to see a flow of a match without actually having to watch every minute of it, I think is, is quite a, quite an underrated 
aspect of the uh, the momentum graphs that we've added this year. I feel like there's a lot of value in them. They look cool as well. I mean, I haven't dived too much into the Day Hub yet, but a few things that I've picked up from it that I really enjoy, almost like the asking for the for the item, which makes you feel like I am the boss and you're going to do what I'm going to tell you and you're going to present that data for me. And I just think that's, it's, you can't obviously put everything onto one screen. I just really enjoy that kind of click the button and go, right, this is what I want here. Let me grab that quickly. I think that's a really nice touch. That's cool. Yeah, the... Um... One of the big things for us was making sure that we weren't building up the inbox any more than it already is. You already have to deal with a lot of stuff that comes in there. And there's a lot of panels all over the game that have numbers all over them. Um, so making sure that you could do that amount of customizability and be able to like ask for stuff and engage with it in your own way um, and not just have, for instance, if there was like 10 graphs that we provided and you're only like looking at nine of them, sorry, you only wanted to put one of them then the rest of it's just screen clutter. Um, so having that is uh, just quite a big part of the design for us. And I think we're quite pleased with how it's come out. It seems to be being used quite a lot where people like set up their dashboards for the particular graphs and metrics that they want to look at in particular, and then can just take over and leave it there in the background and can click on it once every two weeks and see how stuff's going along. Is there anything that you and the team sort of still want to implement? Obviously you've, spoken about it being sort of a, a work in progress over a couple of years but is there any i know we've sort of said about maybe moving into recruitment but is there anything else aside from that that you would like to add if you know budget and time was infinite yeah there's lots of bits and bobs to be honest and um i think you can probably tell by nature of how it's designed and how it works it's quite easy to expand on from for us like we could um for instance the current set of scatter graphs people were particularly keen about seeing, I don't know, a different metric that we're not showing on there at the minute, then we can add more scatter graphs. We can add the analyst information in the back end, and then people can request them and all the new information comes in. Um, so yeah, there's lots of stuff we'd like to do. Recruitment focus would be a big one for us. There's already some amount of database recruitment in the game, but it doesn't really tie very intuitively in with the new data hub stuff. Um, it might be like, oh, okay, well, I want to work for Striker as, and you can set it in the focuses, can't you? You can do some some amount of like stats-based stuff in there. Um, so tying it in with the recruitment would be good. And to be honest, more, more underlying metrics that people are starting to pick up on now. Um, so obviously we've got XG in the game, but people like XA, where it's like the XG assisted, where it's like a, a creative metric, basically. Um, even more underlying stuff where it's like a, contribution model like expected threat or where kind of every action that you can take in a match is evaluated for how much probability of a goal it adds or removes um, and you can look at like a player's net contribution to a match basically due to their underlying actions um, and then hopefully with the system we've built all of these new metrics will tie in nicely with all the graphics we've got and current methods of interacting with your analysts and pinning stuff um, in a kind of more cohesive way than it was before where if a new stat came in it would appear in the comp stats and if you knew it was there you go look for it and you maybe check it every now and then and you look at the top 10 you look at the bottom 10 um so yeah it's a it's something we definitely want to continue with and we feel like there's a lot that we can do with it as well yeah there's there's so many things that, that i think you can add to it which is sort of good from your perspective because i think it's such a, it's already quite a polished tool and i think there is loads that you guys can add to it the one thing that uh, I, I wanted to look at in particular on, on the beta and correct me if I'm wrong, um, but I couldn't, it was the one thing I couldn't find was the method of a player scoring. So in terms of a, a, a team's method, I found that in the end. So I, you know, if we scored from a corner or if we scored centrally or a free kick or whatever, uh, I found that. But there was one uh, first season on the beta, I was scoring a lot of headed goals. I don't know if there was a way for me to find out if how many heads, headers uh a particular player scored or not I couldn't find it if I'm honest but I have requested it if not I'm not sure you know I know we track all the information on as you say a team basis yeah because yeah. we use it for um, like our, our match engine balancing we make sure that they're kind of like uh, goal type percentages and yeah. uh, assist type percentages or somewhat close to reality because obviously it can be indicative of underlying match engine problems if they come away from 
numbers we're expecting them to be. Um, mm. From a per player perspective, I don't actually know if we track goal types. If not, then uh, it's during definitely the bait, a good one for a feature. Yeah, yeah. I think I've put it on the forums because during the debate I was scoring so many headed goals um, and I just wanted to see specific players, how many goals they'd scored with, with the head basically. Um, and I put it on the forums and somebody says, um, oh, I found this, but it was like like you said, the team methods, how, how the team had scored overall. So as an individual basis, I think that would be quite useful as well. Yeah, I think it definitely would be. I mean, and for us, I keep saying things are simple when it never is. From a, when when you're actually doing it, it never is. Um, but for instance, something like if you could generate a scatter graph that was like headed goal percentage against headed shots that you yeah, wanted yeah. to request on a striker, then if we have the data tracked in the back end, then you can add it as part of a graph and then you can request it as a graph and you can see the information straight away. Um, so yeah, if there's, if there's particular metrics or stats or anything like that, getting one of these feature requests because the only thing that would ever stop it is we were upset about the amount of memory it would use and I think you've given a, a pretty valid use case for that like even from like a scouting perspective it's like okay you're coming up against Burnley it's like well 50% of Chris, Chris Wood's goals are from headers it's useful to know before a match isn't it like getting that pops, information popped to you is, is useful so it's always bloody Burnley isn't it and I was going to say that was a Burnley example yeah. I was, I was literally going to say about the, the memory side of it because you think if you load a database with 100,000 players and it's tracking their data that's a lot of memory oh, it's going to take up in it so yeah. it's surprising how quick stuff accumulates yeah. I don't know headed goals over a season maximum amount you can get to is what like certainly below 100 so you're adding like 8 bytes of information for then every mm. single player that you've got in the data so it adds up quite quickly um, but if there's a if there's a game side value to it, we can usually yeah. win over the memory-based discussion. Even a couple of years ago when I did the, the Pentagon, I ended up maybe like 15, 20 seasons in deleting a load of the leagues. And even that file size was <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the processing and stuff's changed now, but it took about five minutes just to load the game <laughs> back then. So I can't imagine a massive database like that and then adding all that continuous data with the data hub now. Yeah, especially if you want previous seasons as well. And yeah, yeah, exactly. That's start quite quickly. But what are you saying, Dave? stuff that we'd like to show, so. Yeah. What are you saying, Dave, is feature request it? Because he wants it in yeah. the game. <laughs> he wants yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> if enough people want it, then we'll get it in. <laughs> they must be an interesting person yeah we've got uh, a couple of <laughs> a couple of core slash shared tech guys who are in control of making sure that the rest of us don't make the the game spin out and play way too slow compared to how it should and then you'll get a you'll get a, yeah. a memory the, the answer is no what's the question exactly what do you mean i can't play my 2003 <laughs> one gig ram laptop <laughs> There's actually, um, they don't do it anymore. It was when the uh, the feature, uh, the way we design features used to be different. Um, whereas now it's like, okay, we've got this big data set of historical features and then we put them together and then they go through a feature design team and they go through miles and then they get approved or whatever. Um, historically, when the, when the studio was a lot smaller, there used to be like a group of people who'd make decisions because be everyone who works there could make discussion and make decisions about features if there was like 20 people working there make a, a decision just between all ears rather than just the feature team. Um, yeah. And yeah, as you say, the guy who's in charge of the memory literally had like a, a yellow and red card that he would give <laughs> give to features, like give a feature memory red card if it's going to be absurd and take up way too much memory for everyone. It's like, nah, go on, get around. I bet he's fun at parties. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't know Mike Dean worked there. He <laughs> <laughs> slaughters chickens. We should get him in for a foot talk. That'd be class. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be good actually. <laughs> he was great on the uh, Peter Crouch podcast, wasn't it? He was, yeah. yeah more about him than I thought it'd be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, analyzing analyzing the run to the VAR monitor. <laughs> <laughs> is the is the referee's gait appropriate? Because <laughs> you imagine though, if you if Nick starts adding in referee animations, remember the Mike Dean when he's against Tottenham. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, they'll, they'll, he'll definitely do the one when he's at Tranmere celebrating his tits off yeah. as well uh, so. yeah for, it was that for a screen wasn't it yeah I yeah. loved yeah. that didn't it feature Absolutely. request referee celebrations <laughs> <laughs> 
they're, they're also got to make sure that if you're, when you're imagine, managing in Spain, you've got the really accentuated. I think he's retired now, but I don't know if. Yes, yeah. Joe's doing the, for the benefit of the listeners, which is all of you. <laughs> Joe's doing the, <laughs> Joe's doing Prove acting it. out exactly what I meant. Uh, but we need, yeah, we need the uh, what was it in League One that aggressive ref that squared up to one of the players <laughs> as well. I mean, well the, aggression, I don't. It's, it's aggression. Uh, an referee action that referees can have. I don't know, you know. That referee got a ban for that though, didn't he? That League One ref. Yeah. He got suspended. Yeah. 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 I, I but yeah. I disagree with that. I think that it's fair game that. Oh, I've never, I've never. Heard, I wonder on on FM if refs have attributes like strictness or something. They do have strictness. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if there is like a. I don't know if dirtiness comes into it because as staff members can have dirtiness as a, because mm. obviously if when players retire they retain their player attributes so yeah. they will still have that and I know that you can set that as a. I don't know if it's actually like an active attribute at that time, but you can still set it. Mm. So I wonder if referees do have it. Graham Pohl's referee attribute gives you extra oh, yellow card. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, who was the guy that Decanio tripped? Uh, I can't remember. Before mine and Dave's time. Oh, I think I wasn't born. I can't remember his Peter? name. That's a very English typical yeah. name, right? Keith. I probably wasn't born either, to be honest. I'm surprised yeah. Matt doesn't know this off the top of his head, to be fair. I'm, I, I, I should know it. That was quiz question oh. number four, which is a shame. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Ellery? David Ellery? No, it no. wasn't David uh, Ellery. I mean, you, you carry on. I'll Google it, all right? Uh, I was going to say, yeah. We're still here? Uh, oh, <laughs> all, uh, Paul Alcock. You went far off. Oh, James is yes, Peter, yeah. anyway right we're we're getting massively off topic so we've asked Seb and CJ previously for a hint or a tip in the game that people might not know about what's your little tip oh I don't know you know I don't play the game anywhere near as much as them do Um, (laughs) I think I'd uh, it's all just such obvious stuff but the, the page that I use the most is the squad depth one like whenever I start a new save, straight on the squad depth, do the filters for players in and out, and then start crossing players off, and then make my transfer decisions based on that. I know some people, I assume most people listening to this podcast will know exactly which page I'm on about. Um, yeah. But for new users, I send them straight away to the squad depth page because I think that's honestly probably the most useful page in the game. To add to that, no. something that I think I've been using a lot more recently is the positional overview with the current ability. And the, the potential ability, because it will literally tell you if you've got great, good, average, or poor. And it's like a really quick snapshot. Before you even decide what system to play, you're going, right, we've got really good wingers, so let's play, you know, let's do this or let's do that. And um, yeah, so I think that's a, that's a good one. And Mac also n- neatly ties in to the data hub as well, because it can, it, it can, th- you, you have, especially if you've, if you've picked up a, a team midway through a save, like you got sacked or you've simmed a few seasons before you start, you've then got data sets ready to be looked up. For, and then you've got the squad depth chart as well. Combining those two will show you where your true weaknesses are and where you perhaps need to aim your recruitment. Matt, can I just ask you for a quick favour? Can we never reference it as a little tip again, please? Because you nearly got me. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think I did it? <laughs> Based on experience, maybe. I don't know. Um, oh, maybe. Maybe. Right. Anyway. <laughs> That's the Data Hub section done and dusted. But um, it's fair to presume that you're a football fan. Uh, you've worked well, uh, sort of with football analysis as well. So who do you support? You don't want to know. Um I'm a Chelsea fan. I've got no justification for it as well. If you can't tell, from, if you can't tell from the accent, I'm not from anywhere near Chelsea. Um, but basically, neither of my parents are into football, um, and shock horror got into football right around 2003, 2004, and uh, ended up as a scum Chelsea fan because of that. Mate, <laughs> just lucky, but, mate. You could yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're a great team. I'm, I'm, I'm unashamed though in the fact that I'm not really a proper fan. I wouldn't tell anyone that I'm like. Uh, genuine real Chelsea fan I just follow the club um, my, home and away every week my local club would be Darlington um, but they're on around the north now I think after 
some some disaster with ownership, basically, where they built a twenty five thousand seat stadium for a tiny club and then ended up in. in it's amazing how many times that happens in non-league, mm. really. And I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm guessing Statsbomb don't do a lot of good stuff that interests you on Darlington. No, not, not quite that far down. Um, but yeah, after Darlington, my next closest Middlesbrough. So yeah, justifiably a Chelsea fan. Yeah, I can, I, yeah, I, I can be honest. <laughs> I say also in the mud. <laughs> Current save then. You've said that you don't play as much as uh, Seven CJ, but what what save are you enjoying in your time away from the office? I've got a if you Sunderland have one, that save, is. Actually. Um, so I've got about a season in a Sunderland. Um, Ross Stewart scored about fifty goals in the league. I didn't do any didn't do any exploits either. Um, just lots of headers. He's yeah, looking okay. at you. Whoa, we're looking He's at me looking there. At What's going on there? Whoa. <laughs> but yeah, just uh, enjoying the game, Elliot. Those exploits, though. What, you said oh, you I, didn't I do scored them. loads of headers. Shock. Uh, <laughs> you said you didn't do any exploits, but if you were, what exploits would you do? Mm. <laughs> no, no, hang on one second. What exploits, Wait, exploits would you do? He's the expert. Yeah. Yeah, Everything's be... changed yeah. since we asked him. We told him, I'm not talking to him again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm never talking to that man again. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, I've got about a season in with Sunderland. Um, got promoted in first. I signed uh, San Gio dos Santos on a free. Yes. Up, up to the mighty Sunderland. So I'm, I'm not quite sure how realistic that transfer is, but it went really well for me. Um, but yeah, I'll probably continue on with that a bit. I've got obviously with, with Game Pass as well, we get it on there, so I might do something with the lights in the house on uh, on Xbox and in the front room, see how that goes as well. What about you guys? Are you all deep into your saves? Did you all oh, start after the beta or? <laughs> yeah, oh, I've carried on. Saves? Dave's carried on, yeah. I've carried on as Wolves, obviously. Yeah, I'm shocked. Do you think that's a bit of an easy place to start, or are they oh, as good in game? Oh, it's it's like, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I remember on previous years, a lot of the players were like outrageously good in the self. Yeah. Like, the research here must be a bit. The research must be a bit of a clown, to be fair. <laughs> um, uh, um, Just so you know, he nah. he's the researcher. <laughs> Just in case you didn't make that clear enough. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I always find on if I'm not managing them, they're not very good. But whenever I manage them, they're very good. Yeah. Um. So yeah, these are going to wipe. These are going to wipe me off, I'm not going to talk about it anymore. I'm I'm currently in uh, China, in China, in League One of China, managing Suhu Dongwu. Um, big side, Donk. massive. Um, I'm attempting to do a unemployed a little tip as well. Yeah, he uh, <laughs> plays left back. <laughs> 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 Uh, attempting to do a unemployed to top of Hall of Fame save. Duke, Duke loves the massive challenges that take like a whole year to, to finish. Yeah, so last year I uh, accomplished the Achievement Hunter where I got all 100% or 98 uh, achievements in FM21. Uh, yeah. Ticking off I'm, every Steam achievement tryout. Uh, I'm a nerd. How many hours is that? You want to know? Yeah. Uh, he does. Um, because it, it literally, I haven't played it since completing, and I started yeah, well, last week. Uh, yeah, uh, one thousand nine hundred and thirty-five hours I ploughed into that. That's impressive. That. Yeah. That's another word of. That's another way of calling somebody a virgin. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got two kids, so go figure. Yeah, Mad. Steam, Steam was the, down. That was the official line, and he's got that many hours in. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, on on the like the uh, the game status, it's like you've played this for forty three in game get days. Have you ever kissed a girl? Yeah. Yeah, don't worry about turning your pants inside out. <laughs> no one's gonna see him. Yeah. <laughs> You're wearing them around your head. But yeah, because uh, that's actually fair. It's quite fun. I've, I've enjoyed it so far. To be fair, in China, we we started a little good, network man. save as well. Yeah, yeah, we're doing a price of football network save. To which we've literally played a week and we've got both the members of the Price of Football podcast tweeting us. So that's pretty cool. So one's Palace, one's Brighton. And we're very heavily focused on financial um, kind of stipulations for the save. Uh, started well. I spent a million, like loads of money. I sold Wolf Zaha for 60 million. So, I was going to say, both clubs have probably got lots of young players you can sell for good money, right? 
No. Yeah. Um, I don't want to sell him. I want to get rid, yeah. of, get rid of the shit that's there. I'm trying to get Christian Benteke off. That man is stealing 120 grand a week from me, oh, which man. is just horrific. He got an um, extension in summer, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're telling me, pal. Um, <laughs> um, uh, the problem I've got is like as much as we've got good players I can get rid of now and earn the money I have pretty shocking facilities whereas Joe's got like quite a younger squad that's maybe in a few years will come good but he has really good facilities so it, it's kind of it's really kind of nicely poisoned it's, not, it's interesting to see how we both take it hopefully we'll um, we get some more hours into that soon uh, I've got a lead save that is uh, Sir Alex Ferguson challenge thing, and I've technically not proceeded past day one yet, so that's standard fare for me, really. It's yeah. just just getting ready for FM twenty three. That's pretty much it. <laughs> that's that's what that's about two years yeah. ago. You have a chat with Seb about no. leads or not? Um, I think on? he's been been reasonably fair with his his uh, research. To I think probably he's probably goes the opposite way to what Dave does and that he probably makes Leeds players worse than they should be. Oh, right. well, I'm not, I don't make <laughs> no, too good. Yeah, I, I think Dave, <laughs> I know that's easy to trigger him, but I actually think he's quite reasonable. Other than Nevers. No, he is. He's pretty no, he reasonable. No, he is. I'm just, oh, I'm just going fair, for the bite. That's one thing. it's going to happen. That I always judge how well I've done on how many people bite on their forums and I had like one after release about a trait. But to be fair, looking at Nevers this year, I think, why is his free kick this good? Because he's shit at free kicks. You've literally made line, him out of gold. <laughs> yeah, he's unbelievable. He's, I think, yeah, so. I mean he's a... good, but maybe not as not that good. No, yeah. he hasn't been the same since Pogba broke his leg. Yeah, and he cried about it for about four hours after the game. Brilliant. But yeah, I've not I've not really had a I've not really properly started into it yet though. But I have spent I spent a lot of time um, sort of curating my own data hub and stuff like that. So. Very much looking forward to actually starting it in earnest uh, properly very shortly. Um, obviously, Tom is leaving the SI team. Um, sort of, sort of surprised us all a bit. And obviously, his partner in crime is Dom, or was. <laughs> um, do you have your own partner in crime at Sports Interactive? Maybe another Tom. Um, there's a, a lad called Tom Hardy who joined. Yeah, Tom Hardy. Oh. Yeah, I was gonna say. Now I'm listening. I think he's. I think he's asked for one of the jokes. Um, I remember we were. Oh, sorry, mate. Sorry, I do apologise. <laughs> we were we were out getting a drink somewhere once, and a waiter made a joke about Tom Hardy movies like four times. Like every time he came over to the table, because it was like online ordering, so it has your name on it. And every single time he came over with a different joke about like Bane, and then a previous one about like Batman or something. Like, um, but yeah, he joined at the same time as me. Um, basically just been made since then. Um, and he's going to be doing some of the uh, social comms work that Tom D was doing before he was there. So out with one Tom, in with another. Lovely. We've got lots of Toms, uh, we've got lots of Matthews, we've got lots of Daves. There's lots of yes. kind of similar age, kind of similar names. <laughs> Lads. Poor Tom. Lads. Just, make sure, just make sure Tom's all right. Yeah, give him a hug from, from us. Will do. Oh, you're not allowed legally. I don't know if you're allowed to anymore, but you know what I mean. The old Gary Lineker, keep an eye on him. Gif, etc. <laughs> uh, is there an unsung hero at SI that deserves a shout out? Mm. I mean, you probably have to go for the testers, to be honest. Um, like, you've obviously had CJ on, but all the people who work relentlessly just on QA, where the whole shtick is to basically just work in finding problems and trying to find issues with the game and then verify them it's like none of the work that any of us devs or designers do would be able to be done without all the testers um and yeah there's lots of figures behind the scenes who do huge amounts of work who don't have as much of a kind of media presence as some others um you've obviously you've spoken to seb um steven who seb works with does massive massive amounts of work he's huge part of the feature process and yeah the list goes on lovely and anecdote time this is the final question CJ told us about getting megged by Rachel Lanky, Lanky Yankee last week <laughs> <It's quite laughs> Tom's short, done shots 
Tomston shots and gravy boats with Allardyce and Brocky has uh, borrowed Ray Houghton's boots. But what is your anecdote to rival all of those? I'm going to struggle. Um, most of my two and a half years at SI has been working from home. Um, probably <laughs> a year and a half of it, I've been working from home out of two and a half years. Um, but I would say one quite funny anecdote. When I, quite early on when I started, a bunch of the lads that I became mates with quite quickly were doing a network save. And they got like 35 games into the season. One lad's tearing ahead. Um, and I'm sat next to him. And I look at his tactics. It's like name something a little bit funny. Um, I have a look at it. Custom and I'm like, 2%. 2%. <laughs> what are you doing here, mate? What's going on here? Um, and I have a quick look and he's like, yeah, I just don't know. Um, it's got some throwing people. exploits. It's got some corner exploits. And I'm just smashing all the lads in the network save with a exploit slash cheats for a football manager when he works on football manager, which made me laugh. That's strange. His I thought you'd have gone for the. And his name was Chris Curtis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's strange. I thought you would have gone for the anecdote about you meet, uh, having a beer with Tom Hardy, but okay. <laughs> Banter. Are you going to so, name and shame this person? I was going to say, do feel like yeah. was the waiter. Yes, I was yeah. the waiter. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jaden, who's uh, another dev, cheated in a in a network save. Disgusting behaviour. He's calling you out there. Yeah, He's uh, calling you, you out. He he was just testing them out. Yeah. See what he needs to fix. Dave They've killed like our network. What the link is though to those downloads? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to make a video about it. That'd be great. Yeah, send it over. <laughs> right. Well, thank you very much for lending us your Thursday night, Elliot. You've been a, a great guest, um, and hopefully, um, we'll have you on again at some point. Because I don't think actually we have we haven't actually given out the hat trick ball. Like virtual hat trick ball. I don't think Tom well, Tommy Day's not getting now, is he? He's not. He's not. They're on Jeez. two apiece. But, oh, yeah. is that people we've been on a couple of times then? <laughs> Seb is on two as well at the moment. Yeah. So we are yet to give one out. Yeah, no worries. It's been fun. Thanks for having me on. Nah, thanks for coming Smashing. on, man. You've been grand, man. It's been grand. It's, it's something like the, the stat side of it is 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 very key, and it seems to be getting bigger and bit bigger. And I think uh, I think we'll be having a conversation about this again soon. Right, yeah, voice cracked you. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> I just saw him look up at me. Like, I'm so yeah. glad someone else yeah, heard voice it. Crack. Um, sorry, I'm joking for you, puberty, mate. I do apologize. At 20 fucking nine, I'm finally hitting it. Um, and the puberty. Um, yeah, I think it's, I think this is going to be massive. And I'm, I'm really, I massively love stats and going through it also. I was very excited to know that you're here. I've made so many notes. I'm so proud of myself. Um, so, yeah, no, thank you for your time. Can't read them, but he's made them. <laughs> Oscar's going to read them to me, mate. Well. He writes I'm a big fan of goes, one bit for me, one bit for the page. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big fan of XG as well, so I'm happy the day. Exploits. Oh, XG. I'm, I'm XG. surprised we didn't actually bring that up because you hated XG when it came in. And then you didn't yeah. you didn't shut up about XG. Yeah. And then as soon as you uh, mentioned I'll, XA. This time, yeah, I was there like, now, this time 12 months ago, uh, Elliot, I hated XG. I just thought it was such an annoying, pointless stat. But now, but now I'm a big fan of it. I used it like all the whole of the the start of last uh, last game on FM20 on. I literally used it as a way to tell if I was playing well and, and, and dominating games. It's pretty helpful, to be fair. So Yeah, that was a big thing for us. Like We knew a lot of people don't really like, like the statsification of football. And yeah. I feel like XG is a bit of a... like lightning rod for that where it's like people can like rag on that um i, th I think a lot of the issues in the name to be honest when, people, when you say expected goals it's like some implication that it's an exact like oh well i was better than you because i should have scored this yeah goal. and it's just like you've got your shots you've got your shots on target it's just another bit of extra information that's a bit more yeah, yeah. detailed basically like if it was just All called chance quality yeah. i don't think anyone would would get upset but the fact that it's called xg Seems to seems to lead some issues. The, the greatest moment with XG was last year was Napoli versus AC Milan. Shut up, man! And we score like my, Dominic in the network save. So me, Dave, and Joe did a, did a Syria network save, and Dominic Cavett Lewin for me scored like a, a five four winner right at the end. And he was a, probably about what we're gonna say, probably about a mile and a half offside, Dave. Elliot, 
When I say he's offside, <laughs> I froze the game. I paused the game, took a screenshot and drew lines. And this guy was offside and they didn't give it. I couldn't believe it. And then he, he come out and, and like at the time it was, it, he had like, uh, what was it? Like 5.2 XG to my 3.1. And he's like, that's it. That's it. I, I should have beat you. I should have beat you. And I used the phrase that he used previously when he beat me. I went, there's only one stat that matters. It's in the top corner. Yeah. And you went, you went full Russell mode that night. That was hilarious. So just for That's that, one, yeah. just for that night, I'm very grateful for having next year. <laughs> I nearly, I nearly got round to adding. Um, I think it didn't get approved in the end, but I wanted to add. Um, you could do win percentage from XG, and I really yeah. wanted to stick that in because I knew like XG was already going to rattle people, and if win percentage was in there, I can't imagine how livid some people would get about losing the game. It's like it's already like people were screaming about the shots on target against each other. Like you've had one, you've had like ten new teams. I've one, you've lost. Same with the XG, it was like a step further, but I can't imagine if it was like win percentage built in. Is there, a, is there well. an expected position based on XG in game or, or not? Yeah, um, it's there available is. in the data hub as well now. So previously, it's only at the end of the season. Um, yeah. In like, uh, I don't know, your end of season wrap up or whatever. But yeah, so if you take, um, you take like the basically the expected goals for and against, and then you do like, um, a probability distribution for how many goals you'd be expected to get if you played that game yeah. at X times and then award points based on that. Um, so like some scenarios, obviously, if you have like two XG to the team, that's one. The most probable result is 2-1. Um, yeah. But then, yeah, based on the probabilities of all the results, you get awarded expected points and then that gives you a league table. I sh- I've seen that so many times already this this season in, in the Premier League. I've seen that graphic pop up like at least three or four times already yeah. throughout the season. There's so one big Twitter sort of account that loves it, isn't it? Posts it like yeah. once a week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, you can get it in game. Nice. I'll look out for that. Perfect stuff. What a way to finish the pod. And that does bring the end to episode 221. You can find the links for each of us in the podcast description or by visiting 5starpotential.com, where this week you can check out five teams to manage, TV special and a selection of dupes, tactics, videos. Five Star Potential is available on iTunes, Spotify and most of the popular podcast apps and platforms with a new podcast released every week. Thank you all for listening. There will be more from us next week. Say goodbye, folks. Bye, Bye. folks.